0: Most golfers would like to be able to play where the pros play. Sadly, we're not going to get on the PGA Tour, not with our skill set. However, you can still play where the pros have played if you put a bit of time and effort into it. This podcast tells you how to follow in the footsteps of giants. Here we are again in another episode of In the Footsteps of Giants, a podcast, as you're all fully aware by now, is all about getting your mates together and heading out around the world and trying to play the golf courses that the pros play. Trying to follow in the footsteps of your heroes. Now, for the last thirty years, myself and my good pal Dez, who is still okay after his recent accident, nothing getting better, nothing, Martin, getting better every week. Nothing, nothing more untoward has occurred. So the good news is, Dez is across, uh, across the table from me here in the Peter Jacobson suite here Ooh, at our complex. So, good
1: evening, all. That and sounds uh, quite an aged podcast tonight, maybe.
0: Well, I I think there's a there's a reason why we're in the Peter Jacobson suite tonight, and it okay. isn't. Okay. It isn't actually related to his recent comments about how the pros mm. kind of disrespected mm. yes. the Pebble Beach tournament I heard. I and heard. and chose to go somewhere else as opposed to playing the AT and T at Pebble Beach, which has been a long standing event on the PGA tour. But that isn't the reason we're in the Peter Jacobson suite, and in fact, that that reason will become clear in the not very distant okay. future days. Okay. Okay. So, in the world of golf in the last few days, before we re- record this episode, we've had some pretty exceptional Irish success. Oh,
1: it a, aren't you proud to be Irish, Martin? You know, I love throwing that phrase across at you. I've, I've only been doing it for 40 years, even starting in the Ulster Polytechnic back in the 70s or more I think.
0: It was actually 1979 79. My, yes, we, we started doing this Not the podcast just, yeah. the, just, the, just the talking uh, to each other
1: Come on <laughs> hat, hat off to Leone McGuire. You know That girl just keeps on giving uh, And I don't know if you watched I only watched it Sort of towards the end When I knew she was She was coming good
0: I saw us about nine holes I saw the back nine And she played so brilliantly Until solid. the 18th yeah. That's the one thing But as somebody said I mean she just made one bad swing Up at eighteen. Yeah. Um And made a bogey But she wasn't still by four I think it was uh, I was going
1: to say three But uh, She was so calm And collected that back nine And uh, Yes okay Eighteen But You know That was her first uh, LPGA win uh, And I mean No wonder she had nerves Maybe on the 18th tee But Again you just got to Take your hat off to her so, Brilliant Well done Neil
0: Imagine If She was good enough That somebody would write A song about her Oh Oh is Has someone Oh, maybe you're right, Martin I think someone Expand, please Well, I think we we have tonight a very special guest joining us in a few minutes' time Scotty? No, 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 it's not Scotty. No? Okay. no, no. A lot of the listeners would like to have Scotty yeah, back, yeah, but it's yeah, not Scotty. Yeah. No, it is somebody that I have been following on Twitter and engaging with uh, in that medium and watching his work. Uh, and uh, we have been very fortunate that he has twice allowed us to play two of his songs That's on the, right. including the ode. That he wrote for Leona Maguire's yes. spectacular Solheim Cup success. <laughs> so, um, a little bit later on, uh, we are going to have Sam Harrop on oh, the show today. Oh, and, fantastic! Uh, again, if you haven't seen Sam's stuff, uh, you know you can pick a lot of it up on YouTube and Sam writes golfing songs uh, about players and and sets it to music that you will recognize and very clever man he is too and Excellent. writes some very entertaining songs and um, so do check it yeah. out um and the other little bit of irish success although we didn't quite uh, finish no. it off didn't quite finish it off,
1: Shamus. Ah, oh, Shamus Power. You know, Seamus has had a fantastic year on the American circuit and has earned an awful lot of money. But he uh, came off round three, leading it. I think at about fifteen under, and well, you know, he he, he still played well. I think he came eighth. Was it the top top eight? Uh, and still earned himself a lot of bucks, you know, so... He did. I, well, I must
0: admit, I was following that story at that point in time a little less closely than watching Jordan Speth not quite get it mm. over the line again and yes. uh, Tom Hoagie. but we are going to, in a, the next podcast we do, review a couple of those tournaments and, and look back at some of the talking points from those uh, various tournaments. So, I think uh, if I would just tell you that tonight's episode is entitled Two Men and a Songster Named Sam. Ah. And uh, so if all goes according to plan and the technology works, we will be connecting with Sam and having a bit of a chat with him about golf, a little bit about music, and a little bit about what's going on in his world. So uh, hopefully uh, we will connect with Sam right about now. Okay. We're absolutely delighted this evening to have a special guest with us. Uh, his name is Sam Harrop. You have heard us talk quite a bit about him on our podcast because since I started hearing some of his stuff last summer when he did a, a song for Tory Pines, um, I I started communicating on Twitter and he's one of the nice positive influences on Twitter and uh, he has very kindly given up some of his valuable time and it's becoming more valuable by the day uh, to come <laughs> yeah. and talk to Des and myself. So very good evening to you sam good evening um and uh, first off i suppose i should give you an apology we'll start with an apology uh des you haven't actually yet seen the cringingly awful musical rendition i put <laughs> together to send to sam to ask him to come on to the no, podcast no i think he felt sorry for me so he, he very instantly <laughs> responded but uh,
1: well done sam and i commiserate at this stage <laughs> you know i mean i i
2: you know, I just I have to respect the the efforts that uh, you went know, to to you know to put a song together to get me to come on the on the podcast. So I, I after you know, I couldn't say no to that, could
0: I? Uh, apparently not, which is very kind of you. But you must have laughed when you looked at it and you went, "Yeah, they are really, really pretty <laughs> dire." But anyway, uh, you very kindly came on tonight. You're actually joining us in what we call tonight. We we move between suites uh, in the podcast studios. There's really only actually one, but we rename it every week. And tonight you're in the Peter Jacobson suite. Oh, uh, nice! And you're in the Peter Jacobson suite, probably not for the reason you think, um, because there was actually a musical connection. Oh, and that's okay. why I thought it was appropriate for Sam. And uh, so I take it you don't instantly, or maybe you do know instantly, Sam, why there's a musical connection with Peter Jacobson.
2: Yeah, because he was uh, Jake Trout and the Flounders, uh, the band he he uh, once had with uh, Payne Stewart, and I forget the name. I forget the other two that are in there, but yeah,
0: Mark Lye was one of them. Ah, yes, he was in there. And the other one he had was in which his daughter also sang, and because it's relevant this week when we're recording this, because we're about to see the Waste Management uh, tournament from Phoenix. Uh, he was Jake Trout and the Bullwashers with a song that they wrote about the 16th, lair called It's a Jungle in Here.
2: Oh, well, that, that I didn't know.
0: Well, there you go. Check it, check it out. Do so I, check I,
1: that out. That's, uh, it's
0: actually sure. not a bad song.
1: <laughs> it's a very good description. I'm sure you'll know the 16th at Scottsdale. Uh, it, it, it's a part three with 20,000 crazy drunken fans around it. And uh, Des yeah, wishes he was one of them. Des yeah. would love to be <laughs> Absolutely. one of
0: them. Anyway, starting off, you're obviously a golf nut because that's how it comes across. You know, you're you're so interested in the sport. So, where did your interest in golf start? Were you playing it, or watching it, or wh- what? What really attracted you to golf?
2: Well, I mean, I first started. I used to go to the pitch and putt with my with my parents when I was a kid. Um, that was the first time I really, I used to really love going to the pitch and putt. Uh, that was my first kind of foray into golf and then uh, I kind of had a few lessons when I was younger to sort of properly play to start to try and properly play and I never really succeeded um, and then I kind of went away from the game for a bit and then when I was kind of in my mid-20s I thought you know what, I'm going to take it back up again So I had a few friends who were playing at the time so I kind of tried to take it back up again I was never very good but really i left it way too late to kind of get get lessons as a kind of uh, you know as an adult um, and then finally i did get some lessons and i got a little bit better but still not very good um and now i just play you know for fun every maybe six seven times a year not so not a whole lot to be honest but i still i love playing you know i love the game i just i've just accepted that i'm never going to be very good at it
0: well, I mean, again... you're yes, join you're, the club.
1: <laughs> yes, well, we've all had our
0: moments. <laughs> but, I mean, you're very good around the game at this point in time. You're certainly well involved in, in the game. It's just maybe your playing isn't quite up to where it, you'd want it just yet.
2: It's my, my, I see myself more as a kind of golf nerd, uh, an enthusiast in the game. Uh, that's kind of where my, my strengths are, if you like. Um, just watching and, you know, studying, researching everything to do with it that's yeah that's yeah. that's where i'm kind
0: of like you i'm a bit of a research nerd you know that <clears throat> some people call it stalking other people call it research you know it's that sort of thing but are you a natural lefty or are you, or is it were you watching phil and decided that looks like the way to do it
2: oh no I, I'm, I'm a natural lefty through and through um i everything i do is left you know right left-handed i play if i play football i'm left-footed uh i'm very very left left-handed at everything um so no it was always just when i picked up a a club i just uh, i couldn't i was hopeless trying to trying to do it right-handed and it was a pain you know whenever it was 30 years ago getting clubs left-handed clubs is always not, not easy enough a bit easier nowadays but um but no, I was always a, a, true, a true lefty, unlike Phil Mickelson, who is sort of right-handed.
0: <laughs> Again, the correct answer, because sitting at the f- side of my notes is Phil Mickelson is actually right-handed. Will, he, and he actually started playing golf left-handed because he mirrored his father's swing. So as he watched his father's swing, yes. he followed it through from the other side. And the
1: other thing I want to ask, uh, Sam, do you putt left-handed?
2: <laughs> I do putt left-handed Although you know what I, I had a period where I kind of I really had the yip For the short putts And I I started putting Right-handed uh, for, for the short one
1: <laughs> It's it's the amount Of left-handed players I know that actually Putt right-handed uh, Which I find really? strange Yeah, Yeah I, There's two at Our Glass Golf Club Alone I know
0: I've maybe never Told you this Des But yeah. when I was A kid I used to I played golf Right-handed My whole life uh-huh. and uh, But I used to Putt left-handed Oh uh. And then I stopped doing that and my putting got quite the same.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know,
0: but uh, anyway, so, I mean, again, you're saying you only get to play five or six times a year. That makes, Des, we were going to talk about. Well,
1: I I know it's something, uh, Sam, we ask all our guests. Uh, I mean, your top five courses you have played, and I presume you have travelled a good bit, uh, and, and, and maybe one that is particularly still on your bucket list that you would love to play. Sure.
2: Well, I mean, you know, what, last year, you know, partly through the kind of connections I've made through, you know, doing my golf songs, um, I've been able to play some really nice courses, actually. So I think most of my, my, my top courses I've, I've played in the last 12 months. So most recently, Lake Nona uh, in Orlando, oh yeah, um, which I played a couple of weeks ago. Lovely course, um, very hard. Um, then <laughs> and then uh, back home, in, in you know, in England, I played uh, Prince's. Um, which is next door to Royal Saint George, uh, yes. as you may know. That that's a lo- lovely links course. First, yep. first time I've, I've played links actually, um, and then I've also, also last year I played the Duke's course at Woburn, which oh, was lovely, um, a very, very nice, nice course. And then the Red Course at the Berkshire, which was oh. uh, not one that I really knew much about um, oh. before I played it. But that was certainly at least as good, if not better than than the Duke's the Duke's course, I'd say.
0: Again, we have always said we we have spent the last 35 years with a group of mates going to various golf courses and trying to follow in the footsteps of our our heroes and and go and play (laughs) the courses the pros have played. Um, I get nervous on first tees when we go to a big club, because you don't want the the starter who's sending you off on this course to mm. think, "Uh Oh, we've let four clampets on today. <laughs> you know, I have a very sad story from Valderrama of putting it in a bunker in the first, and they'd sent a guy out with us and I skinned it out of the bu- the bunker into a rhododendron bush and I had three hacks from the center of the rhododendron <laughs> bush <laughs> before lifting my golf ball. So we've all had moments on these courses mm. So where, where would you really, where's really, now I, I did say on the notes, um you know, Augusta, we all have Augusta, you know, to visit, to go and actually um, play. Sure. But it's kind of unachievable. You've actually probably got a better shot than we have. Um, <laughs> and, um. but what what's on the list? What would you really like to go either see or play? Um, I think,
2: you know, if I go sort of off the, uh, aside from the really obvious ones like Augusta or Pebble Beach or whatever, I'd say, so in the UK, I'd say Loch Lomond. I'd love to play it yes, think Yes, yes. Beautiful course. Um, and one that I think, I don't know, it, it, I'm sure it is very hard, but it seems like because it's a slightly shorter course, maybe it would be more attainable than some of these beastly, you know, huge kind of 7,500 yard courses. Um, and the other one I'd say uh, would be Leopard Creek. Um, in oh, South Africa.
0: yes, yeah, yes. Like
2: what's around it, you know. Um, but um, it seems like a nice, it seems like a very nice course itself. But just you know, with all the nature around, yep. uh,
1: this, this looks like so, a different world. So, Sam, could I ask, have you never uh, travelled across the pond uh, over here to the mainland? No,
2: <laughs> I, you know what? I, I I have I haven't to my shame, but you know, it needs to happen at some
1: point. Official invite.
0: <laughs> yeah, well look, I actually you do know that after having done this for us, if you do want to come over to Northern Ireland, we we actually have a couple of friends who are members at Royal County Down, Royal Port Rush. We can get you out. So I mean Hard put glass. That, put that in an envelope somewhere, you know, favours owed to Sam Harrop and and we'll <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll get something organized for you. Um so I'm, I'm then intrigued because one of the other things, and you, you may have noticed in the background, there's a slight musical twist in, in the background of my uh, studio here. Um, and it's a lot of, I've always been the best technician in a band able to wire everything together and the worst musician. Uh, so that's kind of been the way it's worked, but you've now mixed music and golf. When did you start actually thinking about mixing them together?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't ever really a kind of conscious thing of like, you know what, I love music, I love golf, let's put them together. Um, it was more that I just, uh, I always kind of make up songs about stuff, about my friends and family and stuff. It's just something I do. Um, and I just got an idea uh, to do one about Tony Fienau. um and his struggle to sort of win uh, or to get a second win, I should say. Um, and this was two, almost exactly two years ago now, actually. And I, yeah, I just got this idea in my head and uh, I thought, okay, I'll, 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 I'll sort of flesh this out into a full song and see whether I think it's any good when I'm finished. And I thought, it's okay, actually, this might be all right. <laughs> That's excellent. Put it out. And, and, and then it just got, you know, really good good reception and, and, and the rest is history, really.
0: Well, I, I mean, it, it certainly is. I mean, I only picked up on you because I haven't really been, uh, you know, Twitter I've kind of avoided until we we started the podcast and then we used Twitter as a way to get a lot more information and, and connect into things that were happening. Um, but I picked you up for the, the U.S. Open um, and I was going, is he actually at the U.S. Open? Where is that? That piano. There's a palm tree in the background, but it does not look because I've been to Torrey Pines, and I'm looking where on earth did they put them? And then wasn't it somewhere like Torquay or somewhere? Or where? No, it's
2: it's, it's Bournemouth, which is which is just a couple of miles away from where I live. Right. But it's funny because I got a few messages after it. The original plan was I was supposed to go out to Torrey Pines. That's where they wanted me to play them. But because of COVID and travel restrictions, oh, I yes. couldn't do that. But fortunately, they still were happy for me to do the songs virtually but yeah the, the first one that you mentioned um which i did outside this hotel in bournemouth it, uh, like you say it's got a palm tree in the background but it, the, the funny thing is i had probably three or four people contact me and say oh i, I didn't realize you were going to be out in sorry pines we should meet up and i was like <laughs> <I'd run off. laughs> oh, very <laughs> well, good it,
0: it was very well done i mean because again we got a sunny day and there was a there was a palm tree in the background and i'm going he, it just yeah. doesn't look like any of my <laughs> memories of it. But since obviously last year's US Open, your your kind of profile has kind of exploded a little bit. I mean, you know, you've got so many songs out now and, and, and various things. Um, You know, is this going to become full-time? Are you seeing an angle to this becoming kind of like the full-time gig now? Or, or are you still having to mix what I'd call the real yeah, world?
2: I still very much have. I still very much got a full-time sort of day job and and this is just a kind of sideline, still a kind of a hobby, I guess. I mean, I'm starting to get, you know, there's a few opportunities here and there and I, you know, I have quite regular meetings with people about ideas for for things in the future, you know, less than half of those actually come off. Um, But I don't know, maybe one day, but then at the same time, you know, how long is it, how, for how long am I going to be able to keep putting out dreams about golf? I don't know. It's uh I'd love to do it full time, but I I, I don't know if I, I can. See I would.
1: I'd like to think with COVID easing some that you might get the opportunity to maybe uh, go far further afield now and, and meet more. Uh, I, I'm sure you will still be getting lots of invites, so hopefully you'll get the chance uh, to to travel well.
0: Well, I, I think with the contacts he's making and the and the various things, yes. not only could he potentially travel well, but I mean he will get the opportunity to play a few places. Yeah, I am intrigued though at 15 um, year old clubs. Sorry, this is just a slight aside. We, we do digress from time to time in our <laughs> podcast. But 15-year-old clubs, and you're now talking to people like Callaway, Titleist, TaylorMade, and all the rest of it. Have you not suggested to them yet that, you know, it's about time that you became a lo- like a, a sponsored player?
2: A, br- a brand ambassador. I mean, I don't. don't to be honest, <laughs> I'm not sure if, if any club manufacturer saw me play golf. I don't think they'd want to get involved.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no, we haven't. We've found it difficult to get sponsorship as well, Sam. And uh, you probably haven't seen our swing, but
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so actually, you've now made so many friends uh, on the tour, and there's lots of people who interact with you, and you know through the songs. And this was when I was writing these questions the other day. I was thinking there must be songs now that you look back at the lyrics and you go, "Ooh." I wish I hadn't quite written it like that, or are you just always happy enough that they're taking it in the right spirit?
2: No, I mean, I think I've always kind of been, been careful, I've always been careful to to get the line right between, you know, having a having a pop at someone, but, but not kind of going below the belt, you know, and I think I've generally struck that line just about right so that there isn't, there, there are no songs that I've done that I've thought, you know, actually that's that's a bit offensive you know, I've, I've probably got close to that on a couple of occasions, but yeah, I think ultimately, if it ever strays a little bit, then the player generally doesn't doesn't engage. Like the best example is probably Bryson, who I've you know had a you know a little dig out a couple of times. You know, <laughs> again, it's all in jest, but you know he he hasn't really engaged with any of the stuff that I've that I've done about him. But that could be that he hasn't seen it, or it could be that he just you know that's not the type of thing that he would engage with anyway. But then other players, you know, really when I have been. You know Ben Arn, for example. You know uh, that you know I saw sort of Sadie putts like he's got glass eyes, but he was still quite happy
1: to
2: <laughs> comment on that and and share it and and say how much he liked it. You know Tony Finau. You know when is he going to win again? You know, and, and there's a few lines in there about how long it's been, and and you know, but he's still, you know, he was still quite happy to to engage with it. So I think it just depends on the player really, as opposed to. Mm-hmm. The content of the song is just whether they're the type of people who can have a, have a laugh at themselves or not, I think, that's what it comes down to. Of course.
0: You see, I think that's what it comes to. My, one of my personal favourites is your Louis Oostezen song Um because, <laughs> I mean, that is, it, in a way, it, it is just, uh, you know, another second place Sunday or whatever way the exact phrasing is. You know, it he, he is just a, such a phenomenal player, but he's a bit like Tony Fino. He is not winning as much no. as he should.
2: Yeah, and I think that's why I got the idea for that one because, you know, how many second place I can't remember how many runner-up finishes he's had in majors now. You know, obviously, unlike unlike Tony Finau, he has actually got a major to his name, so so that so he's got that going for him. But yeah, it's been it's been quite a while since he's since he's won anything, and, and he's never won on on US soil, which is the which is amazing, really, when you look at how many times he's
0: yeah,
1: been in contention. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's it's unbelievable, actually. Just you mentioned uh, ben Ann on the way asked there. Did you actually have a putting competition at Pirates Cove?
1: We did.
2: Uh, That actually happened, yeah. (laughs) Okay,
0: okay. And I have a question. Did you win?
2: (laughs) No, unfortunately not. Ben won three and one.
0: That's actually not too bad. That's acceptable.
1: That's acceptable, yes. You know,
0: if if somebody said, I'm going to have an 18-hole putting competition with a pro and I'm only going to lose three and one, that wouldn't be be horrendous. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. OK, it is Pirates Cove and we're yeah. not, not going <laughs> to... might have been different if we put you on greens, uh, you know, at a, at a tournament, yeah. with, at greens uh, yeah. speed.
1: Uh, well, Sa- Sam, you know, just when I'm here, I'm going to maybe ask a favour, please. Uh, you probably don't realise, but I had a nasty wee accident at the beginning <laughs> of December uh, where I fell off some ladders and broke six ribs in my back. Uh, now, um, it's his own fault, by
0: the way oh, totally. Don't, 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 don't totally, get too sympathetic totally. here
1: But uh, I'm actually getting back after nine weeks And I'm heading for my first competition at my local golf club, Art Glass Now, right. I remembered a little beautiful song you sung with Leo, about Leonie Maguire <laughs>
0: uh,
1: yeah. And it, she just won her first LPGA competition last week
0: I suspect Sam knows so, this. He and so, he watches it even yes. more closely than we well, do. Sam,
1: <laughs> could I ask you to to s- uh, sing a little song about me, please, before <laughs> before Saturday's competition, if you don't mind, <laughs> just just to give me an extra chance, please.
0: <laughs> I promised Sam when I invited him on that we would not make him sing this. I oh, cannot damn. believe you're trying to, to do that to him. <laughs> you know.
1: Well, here, Sam, I'll go on now and, and and what what's what's your your golfing ambitions? I mean, have you a handicap target? you would like to get down to, or?
2: uh I mean, honestly, I'd like to, I'd, it'd be great to get better at the game. I've kind of accepted that I've sort of plateaued at a level that I am now, which is 21. Um, okay. I mean, I've always thought it'd be great if I could get down to 18, just because then it's just, it's easier really, more than anything. It's just one shot or a hole, isn't it? But, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. it's I'm, arithmetically easier, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it not easier sense. as a game, it's just arithmetically no. easier, yeah. yeah.
2: But yeah. So then apart from that, honestly, it's just, you know, I, I love the experience of playing some of these, Really nice courses as I've been able to do over the last year. So, so to be able to play some more of those would be would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so to, you know, I I haven't really been to all that many big tournaments either. Um, so that's another thing that I'd like to do. Hopefully, I'm going to get out to the Open this year. That's my plan. Um, huh. I lifetime ambition is to go to the Masters one year. So yes, um, I'm working on that. Um, but yeah, any of these big tournaments, is, uh, Yo, I'd, I'd love to get
1: much as well. I think that's one of the great things about golf. And it's one thing that we've discussed in uh, all our podcasts is seeing the world and how golf opens up the world to you. Um, and uh, yes, I think uh, just getting to different countries. So don't, don't forget Ireland. You know, we're not far away, Sam. You're always invited. Absolutely. Yeah, but- I, I, I right.
0: And we are very, by the way, very competitive guys. And we stated at the outset, the very first podcast episode, we, we said our target for the podcast is to be invited to come and podcast from the Masters. Yeah. Not just find a way to do it, but to be invited. So, I yeah. suspect we'll run a competition with you to see who gets invited first. Yes. Suspect you've a better chance. But uh, anyway, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see you there, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Very very quickly, what you know? All golfers have an equipment bin in the garage, where where the old clubs go to to rest. You think you're going to take them out again, but you never do. They just rest there. What what's your best club in the equipment bin, or do you not have any with fifteen year old well, clubs?
2: Like, uh, I, <laughs> as, as, you know, as you mentioned earlier on, I've got fifteen year old clubs. Uh, at least iron. I've got a couple of newer woods, but um, I, I'm not really the sort of person who's who's had a great number of clubs. However. There are two clubs that, that uh, I've got which I which I will hold on to for, for different reasons. One is a, an old, I don't know if you'll know what this is, but it's an old Cushnet bullseye putter, which is uh, mm. it's kind of like a gold, it looks a bit like a crazy gold putter. It's got a little gold head. Yes, the, uh, yes. those used
0: to be hugely famous and the little almost hook at the end of it, yeah, the, at the back end, there's almost just uh-huh. like a little.
2: That's yep. the one, yeah. So that I, I grew up kind of putting with, with, with that, so, so it kind of goes in and out of the bag, but I've that I'll always hold on to that, and then the other one is the the wedge uh, that that Ben Arn sent me, um, which you know when I did that song about him, he got he got his wedge engraved with the the lyrics from the of the
1: chorus of that song. Oh, brilliant. oh that's uh, magnificent!
0: No, well, that's 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 a real keepsake. No, you don't I, put that in the bin. Oh no, no, that's 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 in the cabinet or on the wall yeah. or, or I'm something.
2: Sorry, i, may, I may be misunderstanding you. Yeah, so these are clubs that are going in right the bin, right? The equipment
0: <laughs> bin is the last driver that you bought that you think is going to finally be the one to drive the ball uh, dead straight down the middle all the rest of it. Right. And three months later, it quietly gets put into the garage to, <laughs> to rest until it learns to behave itself, but it never, ever comes back out. <laughs> that's that's why we kind of call it the equipment bin.
1: Martin's got 412 clubs <laughs> in his garage. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it, it, I don't think it's quite as bad as that Well here
1: Sam, we'll go on to another question That we always ask our guests um, You've got a dream four ball um, and, and, and at any Course in the world you'd want to play Now this four ball doesn't have to be golfers It could be entertainers It can be male, it can be female or Whatever you want um,
0: And dream, we're never offended when you don't pick us yeah, By yeah. the way, we're never offended
1: So the dream, the dream four ball includes yourself, so who would be The other three well, I'd have
2: to say Phil Mickelson because he was the, you know, he was always my kind of inspiration growing up yeah. uh, as kind of, uh, one of the few lefties that was around. And, you know, just, just a great, great player to watch, you know. And, and, yeah. and, you know, he can tell a story as well. So I think he'd be good. Um, and I'm going to throw a couple of curveballs in there. I mean, I'm presuming I'm allowed someone who's who's no longer alive. Yes, oh you yes, are. Oh, yes. Okay. So I'm going to put Patrick Shakur in there.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Whoa! That is a that is a a really left field choice.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, and then and then the other one I think I put in there is again is a, a musical musical one would be Bruce Hornsby, who's oh. quite kind of probably my musical influence. Um, okay. And actually, you you, you mentioned uh, Peter Jacobson earlier on. I believe they're actually quite good friends, so I yes. think he's sort of slightly connected to golf. Um, but yeah, I just I, I love his his style of playing. You know, as a kind of piano. Yeah, you
0: know, yeah. But, well, Bruce, yeah. Bruce Hornsby and the range were uh, very entertaining. Uh, how appropriate, Bruce Hornsby yes. on the range. Oh, right. oh, no, on, the range yeah. on the range, you see, it's not big, it's not clever, but we no, did it anyway. And no. um, I'm sorry, Sam.
1: Now you you you're taking this four ball to which course in the world? Uh has got to be Augusta National. Oh, Okay, uh,
0: yeah. I, I cannot believe you're going to walk up the the front <laughs> drive with two pack Shakur. At Augusta, and hope that someday you're going to be invited back. But that—that is—that is—I'd have to say of all the the four balls we've done, does yeah.
1: yeah. That's that's a that's a we we have a, a North American an one, yes.
0: We have a North American correspondent called the Commander, and the Commander picked Abraham Lincoln, Stormy Norman Schwartzkopf, yes, and. <laughs> Uh, oh, is, uh... Condoleezza Rice or something like that and <laughs> yeah. I'm going yeah I know you have a military background but yeah. you, know, you know who's good. you know anyway um, so I think you're right up there with the most uh, one of the more unusual ones okay well I mean with that in mind you know we always ask as well we've we've done our predictions for the majors this year um, and I, I did mention to you I'm firmly believing that Victor Hovland will pick up a major this year yes I
1: think all of us are
0: what do you think yep. yourself? Where do you think the the majors are going this year?
2: Well, you know what, I, I have a sneaky feeling, um, and you know, I hope I'm right, but I probably would be wrong. I have a sneaky feeling that Tony Finau might go well at the Masters this year. You know, oh, okay, he was firmly in contention uh, in 2019. He's actually in the final group on on Sunday, so I, you know, he, he obviously can play well there. He's now got the win off his back, plus the, the second win. So he, I'm going to go for now. The Masters. Okay. Um, I completely agree with you about Hovland. Um, it's just whether he, whether it's the U.S. Open or whether it's the, the PGA. I'm thinking probably U.S. Open. It might might be better suited to his to his game. I don't I don't know too much about Brookline where it's taking place. I do the only the only time I've seen it was the Ryder Cup, whenever that was, ages yep. back. But yeah, yeah. Let's say Hovland for the U.S. Open, and then PGA uh PJ Championship. Maybe let's the uh, let's say Xander Shoffley for that.
1: Yeah, get his, huh. get the majors
2: get the fuck off his back. And then sorry, I know I've done this in completely the wrong order, but um oh. open championship. Open championship, let's go for um you know, Louis station could do it again. You know, he oh. won by won by a country mile last you know uh, St Andrews
0: of course, right. I, I was thinking, forgetting that he'd actually, that was where he'd won it, actually, was St. Andrews. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Funny, I, I didn't have Louis uh, on any of my picks. No, uh,
1: likewise, likewise. I,
0: he, he didn't. I, I certainly had That's just... That's
1: a bold call, Sam. I'll tell you what, if Louis and comes out, you're back on the podcast, okay? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think we've Rory McIlroy uh, picked for one. Um, and we picked him before he ballooned that ball right in the Dubai Desert Classic. Oh, dear God. Um, when, and, and we had a long discussion about that in the last mm. podcast, um, which is, it's a layup. Yes. It's just, yes. A, it's a layup. You know, you have a chance to pitch it close and make a four and win outright, but at least you get into the playoff. Um, we couldn't quite yeah. believe that it, no. he'd done that. But I mean, we had him predicted, we uh, Victor Hovland predicted. We do think John Ram will pick up another one because yes. he's just looking fairly imperious, unless of course he just loses his temper again. Well, he might. He might. Says, yes. This is yes. too easy. They're yes. making far too many birdies.
1: We, we, we we've gone quite European ourselves when you think of it. I know Louis. Okay, not European, but I uh, um, did we pick an American?
0: I think I awesome. picked Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas. Maybe I. I picked yeah, uh, Thomas. Yeah. We keep waiting for Tommy Fleetwood to win one as well, mm. and we've you know, but um,
2: yeah. I mean, he's had a, he, he didn't have a great year last year, did he? Or no. you know, the last couple of years have been kind of quiet from him. But then, you know, some some positive signs lately. You know, he was obviously he was in contention in Saudi Arabia, wasn't yes. he, last week? So maybe things are turning around for him. I'd love to see him win a major. I'd love to see him. Well, I'd love to see him contend again for a major because, but you know, it's been a little while. So yes. I think he
0: is a dream target for you for a song anyway because he's got the nicest hair on tour. <laughs> he's he's got he's got a song already, man. I I haven't. I must go back and double oh, check. Oh no, we missed yeah. that one. Have I missed that one? <laughs> I like think we must have. <laughs> I I did go back and go through all the YouTube because I only remember I only picked you up since Tory Pines last year on Twitter. So I, I must go and double check. Um oh, I'm glad I can edit these. It doesn't make me look quite so <laughs> yes, stupid when yes. I miss out something from from one of our guests. Um, one of the things that just before we let you go, because we are fully aware that we don't want to waste too much of your valuable time now, um, there are rival tours. In the in the offing, we have spent quite a lot of time, and because we, like yourself, are golf fans, and we watch a lot of golf on TV, and we know we're going to watch it, I mean, we actually, I watched quite a bit from Raz al Khaimah last week, and I'd watched from Pebble Beach. In reality, uh, and maybe it's because our resident young person wasn't handy, but I never actually found any footage, live footage, from Saudi Anyway, but I do think this, I I think the disruptors is the best way of describing it. The disruptors coming in have already made a big influence on the PGA Tour where prize money has accelerated. There's a strategic alliance with the DP World Tour now so that there really is this, it is in effect a world tour and sanctioned events. The Saudi bid uh, to actually take over golf is different from the PGL, which is a, a, a different concept again. Are players going to sign? Are they going to throw away 10, 15, 20 years experience with the PGA and and run with a completely new venture?
2: Yeah. but well, the problem is we don't really know too much about the kind of deals that are being offered. You know, we keep hearing these numbers float around. We don't really know what the term is of those deals in terms of, okay, so let's say, you know, uh, Bryson's being offered 100 million, which, which he denies, but let's say it is that. So how long is that? Is that for five years playing the Supposed It's Supposed to be
0: ten. Yeah, is, is what ten I've is, is yeah, what right. I've heard. But if if I buy something from Amazon and it turns up broken, <laughs> do I not want to send it back? and well, that's <laughs> what
2: happens if, if you know a player you know does a the a tour for a, you know for a year and then. And then decides, oh, you know what, this isn't for me. I mean, are they? Are they then? Can they get out of that contract? Um, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot I would there's say a
1: lot. there's some good legal clawbacks and all these, but you're you're very right, Sam. The amount of uh, non-disclosure agreements that have been signed, apparently, I think mm. keeps this still so very grey, uh, and and I think we're going to be talking about this for another month or two before we see what exactly is going to be established.
0: We're very lucky. I think we have a direct insight into what's going to happen. Because if Sam can get his four ball together quickly, he could ask Phil directly (laughs) whether or not, you know, are are you going to say...
1: I'm sure you've been hearing Sam. Phil actually has been getting quite a lot of stick about this uh, recent week or two.
0: Yeah. I... It's a really awkward one for all of us because we've all been Phil fans at a point in time. But yeah. it's, it's you, you're too young to maybe remember Gerald Ratner. And yeah, Ger- Gerald Ratner Ratner's <laughs> uh, jewellery chain uh, were the biggest in the UK. And at one point, Gerald Ratner went on television and he said, in an interview, he said, I have no idea why people buy the crap I sell. Mm-hmm. And literally, if you look it up, that one interview sank... a a chain of stores of two or three hundred because people went, why are we buying this stuff? If he's saying it's crap and he's, you know, so I I just think I can't quite work out is Phil genuinely annoyed or is he actually thinking there's just, we can unlock a lot more money from the PGA Tour for all of the players, but he's not even making the argument for all of the players. He's just saying the PGA Tour are holding digital rights. I mean, in my workplace over the years, my firm owns my work product and they pay mm. me for it. But I can't go, well, I did all of that work. Uh, give yeah. me all my work now and I, I can go off and use it somewhere else. Yeah. I
1: mean, he did. He launched a scathing attack on the PGA Tour over their media rights. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> as you're saying, that's but, possibly but, not the good starter. But
0: it's also <laughs> that you're, you're signed up to, yes. to say yes. that it's in the Tour rules. Yes. But I, I, as I say, would you ask him when you when you tee off? <laughs> I, I,
2: I, I'd love to ask him. I'd love to ask him whether I get an answer from him, a direct answer. I don't know, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to know more about, you know, what he's uh, uh, what he's thinking about it, what he's agreed to. I mean, it makes more sense for someone of his age really to 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 maybe go down that route because, uh, correct? You know, he's, it, whereas a young for a younger player, I don't think it does make a lot of sense. No, no. Um, it's too, too much of a gamble, I'd say. But, but, yeah, I mean, I kind of understand. I don't, I don't know. But, it's a tricky one. But,
1: uh, yeah. Sam, if you could just ask and just say, my friends Marty and Dez want to know, and I think you'll probably get more information yeah, out of them that almost way. Almost
0: Sorry. certainly. <laughs> almost certainly. Um, just before we let you go, final question, an unusual question. You won't have been asked this one in an interview in a while, I wouldn't have thought. Your go-to song, and Can You Dance? So what is the go-to song? Are
2: you talking about if I'm in a club and I want to hear a song to dance to? It's we're,
0: probably, we're, it might even be your Desert Island song, the one song. Right. What is What is the song?
2: I mean, that, that, that song probably is going back to Bruce Hornsby again. It's probably the way it is by Bruce Hornsby. Okay. Um, that, that's the song, I think. But um, Can I Dance? Not, not very well, if I'm honest. I mean, not for
0: that one, anyway. Don't worry. All of us would give you exactly the same answer. Don't be ridiculous. Why did you ask that question anyway? Can can you
1: dance? You know, but when you've sunk that 65 foot putt. Oh, we can all all dance. We can all dance. We can all dance Uh, when we've
0: sunk a 65 (laughs) footer. Absolutely. Uh, Well, look. Sam, thank you very much indeed. We did say we'd, we'd keep it to a reasonable time frame, so thank you very much for your yeah. time. Uh, thank you very much for what you've been putting out on Twitter. It has been most enjoyable to follow over the last year, yeah, yeah. and so um, and we will continue, and I'll go back and look at the back catalogue so that I can't possibly make a mistake yeah, check a second out, time. Check
2: out that Tommy song. Yeah. No, <laughs> thank you very much for having me on. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure to chat to you guys.
0: Thank you very much indeed. That's Sam Harrop heading off to do something much more lucrative than talk to a couple of old old boys like us in Belfast. He was a very decent fellow, wasn't he, Des? a
1: very entertaining guy, yes, and quite knowledgeable. I didn't think he would actually be... Uh, that knowledgeable with regards to certain aspects, but he, he has good contacts.
0: I think what I discovered in talking to him there, which I got a fair idea from the the medium that I'd been following him in. And he is definitely, I think he described himself as a bit of a golf nerd. Yes. And uh, I don't think that's a bad description because he's obviously very clued into a, a whole range of tours and he's watching things very, very closely. Yes. um. And, uh, okay, we did put him a little bit on the spot, you know, about the the whole debate for Saudi. But that is a debate that we are certainly fully engaged with.
1: It's probably easier for us to talk about that. And, I mean, he has certain contacts. And I know if we were in his position, we might be a wee bit more cagey. I wouldn't say he was cagey, but, I mean, certainly he he can't be as open as we are uh, about this. And I think... We've got a few months ahead of us, Martin, where we're going to be more open uh, because we're going to get a lot more feedback from the top boys. And, well, we've already had a lot, but...
0: I, I think there is a lot more to come on this story. And, and I mean, in our last podcast that we did, uh, I remember asking you, what do we do if, if the SGL ask us to be the official <laughs> podcast of the SGL?
1: So, and I remember you sort of really declined it. So I'll have to inform you that I'm representing the podcast on my own next year in Saudi Arabia. Um, maybe, had you not heard that? I, I hadn't. Oh, but, sorry. But
0: oh, right. um, I, I am. Oh, wait, uh, oh,
1: no, sorry. Maybe. Maybe that was in my dreams. Oh, okay, yeah. no.
0: I, I, it would sadden me to lose you. <laughs> you got, you got Q's number. Y- yeah, just yeah. Yeah, get, get me Q's number. He, he'd do it. He'd be cheaper as well. Cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you know. But anyway, Peter Jacobson, oh. um, was playing his last professional tournament.
1: I mean, a lot of youngsters they'll all go, "Who is Peter Jacobson?" But I actually remember. Um, I think my first set of golf clubs that my father got me had that name on them and they go back um, a long, long time. Um, But Peter Jacobson, he actually did criticise a lot of the... Uh, specifically the American players who turned their back on the at t this week at, at, at uh, Pebble Beach.
0: I think his point was valid in many ways yeah, that this yeah. is a great big, this tournament, alone, and there was $8.7 million yeah. up for grabs. It, yes. It's not a Mickey Mouse tournament because no, that would be at Disney. But, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> see what it did there? Um, <laughs> but no, um, at $8.7 million, this is a proper tournament. Yeah. And what Peter Jacobson was saying is but it's also a tournament that thanks a lot of key businesses and key sponsors by letting them come and participate. Yes. yes. And so that CEOs or uh-huh. various people associated the with these commentaries, the amateurs, the come. and actually that, that element of it, and it's played over several courses. So it's yeah. a very interesting event. And then you finish the final round is obviously at Pebble. You'll have played Pebble at once, and then only the top amateur teams make it through. Yeah. But what Peter Jacobson was saying is this is is a way that the pros also give back to the sponsors. Yeah, yeah. And I actually thought it was a fairly well-made point. He wasn't, when you read the comments, they weren't that directed at individuals. They were directed at a group who had chosen to go somewhere for guaranteed money and play in an event that wasn't... Hugely well established yeah, yeah. In, in the grand scheme he of did, things. But
1: he did name names now, and, I, and I'm thinking Bryson, uh, DJ and Phil, uh, he, he did specifically pick out. I mean, the thing about it was, this was to be Jacobs' last appearance at the event before retiring. So I think maybe this is the last time he thinks he can maybe uh, blast off about it. Um, and actually, do you know when, he, when his first AT&T was played? I'm not sure. This will probably educate the younger audience. I'm going to say Peter Jacobson, 1982. You're five years out, 1977. Um, and uh, I mean, we were talking previously about the PGL and how the original ideas they were going to have about their league and and shotgun starts and and microphoneing up caddies and golfers and such and such. Do you know, it's a wee bit off the back, off the AT&T, because they played over different courses, they bring the pro-am into it. It's very different from every other, uh, you know, American uh, PGA uh, event. Um, He's played with great partners. I mean, again, if youngsters don't know, he's played with Jack Lemmon and one of his favorite is Huey Lewis. And the news, as you know, Mark. well, you were a big fan of them, guys. I was a
0: very big fan of Huey Lewis and the news yeah. in in my day. Yeah. And, and actually, uh, it was
1: Huey Lewis uh, who convinced them to go to the AT&T one more time. Would you believe
0: that? He, he came out and said that. Well, that's good. And you know who he had on his bag last week? Go ahead. Fluff. Oh, uh, did he? Fluff yeah. was on the bag. And Fluff goes a long way back. And Peter Jacobson, and I discovered, I'm pretty sure I saw on, on Twitter... I have a feeling that Peter Jacobson is 68 or 69 years old. He is 67. 67? Yep. I think Fluff is 72 or 73. He's
1: definitely older, yeah. You know, and he's out
0: there, you know, on tour. And so it's obviously a lifestyle thing. And I suppose walking every day... You know, as, as you know from your caddy Well, that's why I've
1: taken it up, you know, and we had David McNeely a few weeks back on the pod. David's a good age himself, and he looks very, very fit for it. And, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: So what do you think, uh, now that you're hearing some of the, the numbers, is somebody going to sign? Because, <laughs> actually, I think the only way, uh, you know, you, you got you need 20 people in a room and saying, there are the contracts yeah, sitting in front yeah. of all of us.
1: Well, do you Are heard you going Phil? to sign? Phil, uh, and Phil is getting quite a bit of stick, um, uh, read this. He said that pretty much every player in the top 100 has been contacted at some point. The Saudi Breakaway League definitely uh, is at its highest threat ever with so many players signing these NDAs, these non-disclosure agreements. Uh, and I mean, if Phil, Phil will know most of the top 100 and if he's coming out saying most of the top 100 have been contacted. I'm not saying they've signed up for it, but they've been contacted. Uh, I think this is, again, and we keep saying, watch this space. This is going to develop and develop and develop over the next month or two. Uh, and it's going to be a good I tale.
0: think Sam made a very good point earlier when we mentioned this uh, in passing with him, uh, which is if you're an older player who've got, have won your majors, have reached a point where you can do whatever you want, whenever you want.
1: Yes, yes.
0: It is less of a gamble for you to sign... A contract, but until you know the duration of the contract, until you yeah, know yeah. what are the conditions required, how many events do I have to turn up at all 10 events or whatever what it is? Do I have to? Um, what's the situation if I'm injured? What's yeah. you know, they yeah, I think there's a lot of unknowns. Whereas at the moment on the PGA Tour, yeah. there's medical exemptions, there, yes. you know, there's various things, it's like anything else. Um, again, but again, going back to
1: that point that that, that Sam made, and I thought it was a very good point, is that Phil knows that he probably is in the last maybe five years. I well, he,
0: he's going to the champ. He's already he's, on the Champions Tour. Yeah, so he's
1: gone on the Champions Tour. But he, he, I mean, he made Phil made a scathing attack on the PGA Tour over their media rights.
0: But that's the bit I'm having a problem with. Well, and a lot of I people are. A lot of people are. As I mentioned earlier,
1: he he turned around and he said, "Quote unquote," they're. Their type of greed is beyond obnoxious. Now, if that's not over the top, <laughs> I don't know what is. Uh, now, the PGA have so far declined to comment, of course. You know, that's another thing.
0: I think they won't, and I think they'll wait and see whether, because I think there's a, a different game at play here, in, in a way. And the different game that's at play from maybe some of the top players is the uncertainty will shake out more even more mm. from the PGA tour yeah, because they are the established position. Yeah, If you are a 25 year old and you can get onto the PGA tour and the chance to win majors and the chance to do all of those things, I don't think you're going to sign. If you feel that yeah. you've been on the PGA tour for a number of years, you're not really making huge headway, yeah. but they, these, this rival league will pay you a fixed sum. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there was a there was a number quoted, and again, all of these numbers are unsubstantiated, but there was a number quoted that had um, you know, for Ian Poulter. Mm. And for Poulter to join the tour, he was going to be offered I think the figure that was twenty two or twenty three yeah. million dollars. dollars yeah, 20 and million. his on course career on course earnings. Yes. Yeah are only about 21 or 22. By the way, I'd like to say only 21 or 22 <laughs> yes, million, yes. as if I'm, I'm not being in the slightest bit disparaging.
1: Uh-huh. But
0: um, I... Uh,
1: and again, the other comparable to that is I remember seeing a little poster which had Tiger Woods on the right-hand side, and over his head was career earnings, 125 million. On the left-hand side of the poster, Bryson being offered $135 million to be the head of the Saudi League, but he has totally denied that. Oh, so we don't know where that is.
0: I, I think, I think it's interesting because again, we've touched on Bryson. Bryson is is definitely injured at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And Bryson came out himself and said, "Everyone needs to chill. You know, yeah, everybody yeah, needs to just yeah. chill out. This injury is not that spectacular. Right. It's not that serious. You know, let me just get on with it." But I'm not convinced. And I've been saying this for a long time now We
1: have been saying this for a long time And we, as we said in the last podcast We give him five As medical
0: experts Yes, as medical
1: experts, (laughs) of course And we were giving him five years And then we said, maybe ten And we thought, right, maybe in five years time He might sort of get an injury But he's getting an injury now And he's only 28 years old That's not looking good
0: I... I, I think the fact that he withdrew, I find that I find it strange, having been injured, definitely at Tory Pines, yeah. that he actually went. So I mean, yes. again, he was contracted t- to go. He he must have had some. There was a huge incentive to actually for go. him to
1: go to that because, and he retired after day one, which just proves the point that he should never have gone.
0: But I'm going to ask you to do something else between now and the next podcast. Okay. I want you to do some internet research, and. Try and find out, because I've tried, and I want to see if you're even, if you're more successful. And we'll maybe challenge our resident young person, Mike, to do a bit of research as well.
1: Yes, come on, Mike. Um, He's not here, here. sorry. I know,
0: it was after his bedtime. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we, I went online to try and find out how many golf courses there are in Saudi Arabia. Actually functioning golf courses in Saudi Arabia because we're growing the game. And (laughs) I wanted to find out whether or not there were a range of golf courses that we could just go play. Now, I I think there will be, but I don't think they exist yet. How many did you get? I couldn't get a number. Okay. I could get a couple okay. of names, okay. yeah. but I couldn't get a number because I typed in, you know, one of those general questions, the difficult questions that Google's really, really good at handling, <laughs> yes. how many golf courses are there in Saudi Arabia? I could not get an answer.
1: But then again, I think we did mention before that maybe people might be able to assist them like Mr. Trump, I'm sure would love to assist them <laughs> Well, or in America. Or wherever, anywhere. That's else been that reported to, that there have yes, been there yes. have
0: been visits to a number of Talks, Trump courses, and I, I am utterly convinced that that is their way into uh-huh, playing uh-huh. tournaments. Because in the Trump, US. of
1: course, has been totally lambasted by the PGA Tour, and, and they won't and take a tournament anywhere no, near. No, they won't. They won't. So Trump, uh, and knowing Trump, I mean, this would be just his ideal position to say, "Well, okay, a couple of fingers up to you. Come on, Saudi, let's play at wherever you know is New York courses and whatever."
0: I don't know. Oh, I, interesting. I think it's a story that it's going to run and run. But just um, I
1: mean, on that you were talking about, you know, the money in it and the young players. And I thought Bland Richard Bland made a very good point about um he made a very valid point. Um he has concerns over the potential Saudi league that younger players may be tempted by the big money. And then they'll struggle to find a route back to either the D P world or the PGA tour. You know, and I thought that was a very good point that a lot of people have overlooked. You know,
0: I think that all of the players are facing a significant conundrum. Mm-hmm. There was a very established route, and to to get a new you, your target, but I think in the next five to ten years, college players coming out, yeah. or even college players being signed up while they're at college, yeah, and saying. We'll, we'll we'll do this, but you need to sign for a three-year or five-year yeah, deal. Yeah. And so you're a top college player. I think that's where but they we'll might actually get, yeah. because some players at a certain point, I mean, we're from the generation that has more of a respect for the history of the game then maybe some of the 20 somethings coming out now who are yeah. coming to the game. It's a huge money game. Now it's been a huge yes, money game yes. their entire life. Yes. Whereas we're coming from the the age of there were only three or four outstanding professionals or five or six. And then everybody else was kind of, and yep. you know, again, to make a living as a professional golfer was a genuinely challenging thing. And David McNeely made the point mm-hmm. that caddies these days can have a really good yep. career and a good lifestyle caddies in the original days were sleeping in bunkers and and as he told us a story heading off to try and find accommodation once you got off the boat uh, Uh as you went to some far-flung place. Yes. And, uh, you know, so...
1: Oh, it's a completely different game in the last 20 years. Certainly uh, for the caddies of top players. As we always said, since Tiger really came into the game, he he changed everything on both sides of the Atlantic. Um, And as David said, yes, a completely different game now for both caddies and players. Yeah, yeah.
0: But anyway, I think um, we will have a, a another discussion on this in the not too distant future because there's quite a few things we yeah. want to just sort of follow up on as as it unfolds.
1: The other slant to it is that uh, Tiger has spoken out about his support for the US PGA, um, and um, so so obviously squashing any rumours that he might join the Saudi back super league. He won't. No, 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 I, I don't think he's... He I, don't, I don't think they'll even approach him, really, just the stages at, at the minute. Um, but he came out and said, uh, I'm supporting the PGA Tour. That, that's where my legacy is. He says, I've been fortunate enough to win... How many events do you think he's won on the PGA Tour,
0: did? I would have said 82. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Are you reading my notes? No, I'm not. <laughs> That's very good. Guess He what he 182. did. You did read my notes. I didn't. I and could not uh, see your notes. I just including Fifteen meters, obviously. Uh, so I can see why he has an allegiance to the PGA Tour. <laughs> but uh, That's I, an I still can't believe you that, cut is, that number. That out. is an
0: outstanding pick.
1: Oh good and, and
0: I'm going to waste. I'm going to waste a really good question which I had. But um, okay. I, I, I'm going to. Was
1: Was your question to me uh, how many uh, uh, events? Tiger 1 on the PGA
0: Tour? No, nope, no. Nope. My, my, my question is, true or false? Okay, this statement, is it true or false? Okay. So you have a 50-50 chance okay. of being right this. More people have walked on the moon than shot 59 on the PGA Tour. More people have I, walked on the I moon would than shot
1: 59. I confidently say true. No, no, on the on the PGA tour, you said yes. The PGA tour, true. I ain't gonna go true.
0: And the answer is: twelve men have walked on the moon, mm-hmm. and eleven men <laughs> have shot a fifty-nine so on the PGA P- tour. That means I'm correct, Martin. Is that right? On this occasion, well, listen, it's so one that's all. One all. <laughs> uh, but hang on, my question was much <laughs> harder. <laughs> I should get bonus marks. Anyway, uh. as you can all see. Golf at the moment is providing many an interesting story and uh, tonight's podcast took us in a slightly different direction because we had the opportunity to talk with Sam, who is um, doing something that really not many other people have done before, which is making golf both entertaining, I think some people have done that, but musically entertaining, not so many, although Peter Jacobson, as we've mentioned, uh, had some uh, musical success. And actually, I, uh, the other thing is John Daly. I'm pretty sure John Daly had a hit single. I think it might have been a country radio yes. hit single, which is with a song called All, that. All My Exes Wear Rolexes.
1: Rolexes, uh, that's right. I, I
0: do really quite like that. Uh-huh.
1: But, Although I would strongly recommend uh, looking up Sam Harrop, which I understand is spelt
0: H-A-R-R-O-P. Do you know, Des, we've said this podcast isn't just entertainment, (laughs) it's educational, educational. and you have definitely learned something this evening. Anyway, until we come back with another episode in the not-too-distant future and with probably a a review of a couple of things like um, the Waste Management uh, Tournament at Phoenix and, and looking back as to what exactly did happen in Saudi by comparison to a couple of the other events, but until we get round to doing that in a couple of weeks' time... Uh, my name is Morton uh, My name's Dez. And we'll see you again very soon for another episode of In the Footsteps of Giants. If you've enjoyed this episode of In the Footsteps of Giants, please hit the subscribe button from wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you'd like to leave us a good review, that would be most helpful as well. And... If you'd like to interact with the podcast, please use our Twitter feed, which is at itfog under slash podcast, and we'll happily deal with any queries or suggestions that you might uh, like to give us for future episodes.